If she shows up, that would be wonderful. If she doesn't show up, that would be unfortunate. Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh once said, quote, what happens at Georgetown Prep stays at Georgetown Prep. The hearing questions need to have a frame, and the investigation is the best frame for that. There are people that could be interviewed under oath about this. Maybe she's asking for an investigation, so it's not just a he said, she said. Hello and welcome to Trumpcast. I'm Virginia Heffernan. Well, last week we got some beautiful words that deserve appreciation today. Filed September 14th, 2018, clerk, U.S. District and Bankruptcy Courts for the District of Columbia. I want to be a clerk, rubber stamping a Paul Manafort plea deal. And this clerk does such a good job to getting a very even spread of bright blood-colored ink, but also some fade in the last two lines and even kind of an old-time steampunk patch where the ink doesn't quite take. Maybe the stamp he used was the same holy one used for the plea deal of Vincent the Chin Gigante when he gave up the whole Italian mafia in 2003. I mean, come on. Clerks who stamp plea deals, forget about it. So this thing is worth reading, this whole plea deal, because like the Mueller appointing docs, it has such a wide scope. Basically, it's an AMA imperative for Manafort. And make no mistake, the Mueller team is going to ask Manafort anything. And this may yet serve as the death warrant for the Trump presidency. You know, I was going to add or maybe not and hedge and hedge. But today I'm among those, including many, many Trump cast guests who think the Manafort testimony could be fatal to the presidency of Donald Trump. You know, I'm also one who thinks we really are in a more general twilight of the idols. The Me Too whistleblowers from Rose McGowan to Michaela Maroney, Mira Sorvino, Phyllis Golden Gottlieb, Stormy Daniels, Monica Lewinsky, Jenny Willoughby, Dylan Farrow, Christine Blasey Ford, those who for a year have taken out one petty tyrant after another for abuses of power and people, those whistleblowers and the journalists who've amplified their charges seem to me to be having an effect. That the Kavanaugh confirmation cakewalk was just stopped in its tracks by evidence that Kavanaugh with an accomplice, the far-right writer Mark Judge, may have sexually assaulted Dr. Blasey Ford while they were teenagers. I mean, this is big news. Anarchists at the turn of the century, like that one who shot Henry Frick, they couldn't have toppled more powerful men than Me Too has. I know Trumpcast is not the place for naked sincerity and idealism. I do know that. But the sound of angry women who will not be slaves again is not faint. The old regime is structurally unsound. Something is changing and not incrementally, and the world feels very young suddenly. I'll be back to talk Kavanaugh with Michelle Goldberg, the incisive author and columnist for The New York Times, in just a minute. But first, Republican senators are on their heels with the whole ladies don't love Brett Kavanaugh factor. So they're calling around looking for lady character witnesses who might say Kavanaugh is tops. And of course, calls might be recorded for quality and training purposes. Hello. Hey, uh, is Tina Dowling there? Uh, this is Tina. Hi, my name's Frank. Just calling with a few questions for you. Uh, you attended a school around Georgetown Prep between 1979 and 1983, right? Um, yes. Okay, great. And do you know Brett Kavanaugh? No, I, I went to an all-girls school. Oh, okay. Well, do you know the name Brett? Yeah. Yeah, do you know the name Kavanaugh? In the world, okay, yes. Okay, great. So yeah, so, okay, so now you know. So Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, uh, yes or no, how would you describe Brett Kavanaugh? 
Um, okay, perfect. I'll take that as a yes. That's great. Thank you so much. But wait, okay, and then a uh, second question. Uh, on a scale of one to A, how likely would you be to recommend Brett Kavanaugh? That's not a scale. Well, you can pick either one. Well, what is one and what is A? All right, I heard A. No, but I also said one. Okay, he is number one. Wrote that down too. It seems like we covered our bases there. I'm holding up an inkblot test. What do you see in this when I say the word Brett Kavanaugh? What do you see? We're on the phone. I can't see anything. Okay, so nothing. Got it again. No, no. I didn't. No thing. It's not that I can't see. I'm just going to ask you straight up here. Do you think he did the thing? What, um, what, what thing? So if you were to do a thing, do you think you would have done it? I, I'm sorry, who is this? Who are you? Oh, sorry. Yeah, my name's Frank. I'm just calling, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an intern at, uh, Senator Grassley's office. We're just sort of making some calls. Okay. So, uh, so do you think, do you think that Brett Kavanaugh did, could do the thing if he, you know? Um, what, what thing? Yeah, it's just sort of yes or no. I don't know what I'm answering, so I can't say yes or no. Oh, heard a no. Okay, no, no. so he didn't do I didn't the thing. Say okay, no. great. Thanks so much. No, That's no, no, all no. we needed. I didn't say right, no. Take care. No, no, no. Our sketch today was improvised in our studio by Kate James and Asher Perlman. Joining me in the studio is Michelle Goldberg. She's a columnist over at the New York Times. And we're here to chat about Brett Kavanaugh. Michelle, thanks for being back in your home territory, your original home base late. It's good to see you here. Oh, thanks for having me. Like so many people, I read your awesome Times column about Kavanaugh called Boys Will Be Supreme Court Justices. And I really loved this turn it took. Well, first... I like that you just start out by saying, I believe Christine Blasey Ford. And yeah, how, what gave you the confidence to say that out of the gate? Like to really dispense with all the like allegations, the words alleged. You know, I don't, I mean, obviously this is subjective, but it just, it rang so true to me, both the story itself and also when I think about if I was in her position, what would I do? This nightmare that you have this formative traumatic experience and then you watch this like entitled prick, you know, rise through the ranks and, you know, eventually be in line for a possible Supreme Court nomination and thinking, you know, you obviously you don't want to come forward. You don't want to blow up your life. You don't want to subject yourself to what she's now been subjected to. But you do feel like you can't just sit back and watch it happen. So what do you do? You know, I'm not saying I know that he did it, mm-hmm. right? I'm not going to say that anybody can claim to know what happened, but it's just her story is so credible. And for her to have any sort of malign intent, the amount of um, forethought, right? I mean, that she yeah. started this devious plot six years ago when she first started telling people that this happened to her right. because she somehow anticipated that this moment would come. Yeah. And then the other thing is just that we know that Brett Kavanaugh is a liar. You know, he lied about all sorts of things regarding his past, um, his role in like the Pickering nomination, other things that he worked on in the George W. Bush administration. And lied and withheld. Like we, there's, I mean, you know, people keep saying he can remember beyond a shadow of a doubt that he wasn't uh, at the party where Christine Blasey Ford said she was assaulted. But he can't remember one single thing about what he did during the George W. Bush <laughs> And there was also that moment, right? The, like that moment when Kamala Harris asked him about whether he had spoken to anybody at Mark Kasowitz's law firm. And I don't remember what the law firm is called, but he made this sort of like 
exaggerated show of trying to remember the name of hmm Cas Casowitz Casowitz yeah and it's like his best friend works there and yes and the the like well I need a name here I mean he um he hasn't been especially good in the off screen or out of the room or in the room right and i've been trying to figure out why his poll numbers are so low given you know the polarization in this country is such that you would just think that they would be pretty stable yeah like trump's yeah and i don't know this but i do wonder if there is some segment of the population that just sees in him this sort of like callow entitled rich kid yeah yeah i mean i was sort of the more i heard men and women kind of parse this Georgetown prep story that I, I mean, I guess I do kind of want to get in the weeds with you on it. But the more I heard people parsing that, the more I thought like sadists and have had their penny loafers on our throats, all of us <laughs> all along that look like Brett Kavanaugh. And, you know, at the University of Virginia, those were the guys that I flagged to avoid the way my father in Catholic school knew the priest to avoid. Like you just knew from the way their complexion, their whatever, their drinking habits, their comportment, their whatever, that you are not safe in their presence. So it's funny. I was talking to somebody yesterday about his, about Brett Kavanaugh's fraternity at Yale and somebody who was, I think, a year or two younger than him. Nothing to do with Brett Kavanaugh personally. Yeah. But he was saying that was the fraternity that when we walked past would throw things at us and be like, hey, faggot. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yes. And I think maybe part of the poll numbers is, I don't know if it's controversial to say this, but I feel like these assailants, rapists, harassers also metaphorically assail, rape, harass the men around them, too, by like enlisting them in complicity. And that most guys, I think our producer Jason was saying, you know, there are guys like that in the locker room. And you're like, you don't want to get near them because they the way they talk about women, the way they try to almost like groom people to be their wingmen laugh at their jokes and you know and be the uh be the mark judge in this equation the the far right writer for the daily caller i guess he's written a few books about his own misspent youth to be that guy that like eggs them on like that's another the person who keeps your secrets is another person that you've been harassing all this time it seems like mark judge is willing to keep keeping Kavanaugh's secrets. Right. And not willing to testify under oath, which is really telling. Right. I mean, yeah, which is enormously telling. Yeah. I mean, we keep people keep talking about the fact that and we can talk more about this, I guess, that that Blasey Ford is hesitating to talk on Monday. And I understand why she is, although I I really hope that she does it, even though it's been an unfair process and Mm -hmm. it's, it's stacked against her. I hope that she does it. But there should be, I would think, an equal amount of attention to the fact that the one person who's said to be a witness is also refusing to test mm-hmm. is refusing to testify mm-hmm. under oath. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've sort of been I posted on Twitter something about the weird locution of my rape and my rapist that I know a lot of Me Too people use. And I actually I guess I've been on feminist Twitter too long or on just talking to feminists too long, but I just didn't think that at this late date that like would drop like a bomb on Twitter at all or the I would get like condolences in my DMs. But it was only because I did this thing. I don't know if I don't know what your experience is, but I did this thing where I was like, I wonder if that guy was like such a jerky Kavanaugh person. I wonder if he ever ran for office. And if so, what I would do if I were Christine Blasey Ford. That is what went in my head, putting his name into, right. into uh, you know, Google. And uh, anyway, then I was thinking about this, like, weird relationship 
leaving aside the incidents that I think most of us have been through some version or another of them, leaving those aside, there is this particular like dance macabre between the whistleblower figure. So like Christian Blasey Ford, Stormy Daniels, you know, Monica Lewinsky and the professional man where we're in a newly professional relationship with each other, you know, like that, like Christine Blasey Ford has a lawyer. Stormy Daniels has a lawyer. Like this isn't like writing for the school newspaper anonymously about some like mixed date rape thing. This is like this professional thing that happens in public life. And in a way, you're both a witness. You're a witness and a whistleblower as much as you are a victim talking about your emotional experience. Right. Well, yeah. And I think I mean, I think that she's Right. What she wants to speak to is his character as opposed to what he did to her and what that should cost him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm somewhat sympathetic to this argument about, you know, what you are at 17 isn't what you are at whatever. What is he? 53. Um, But the thing two things about this drive me crazy. One is that it's used so selectively on the right. Right. Like you never see it kind of extended to the many, many people who are on sex offender registries for crimes that they committed when they were under 18, crimes yeah. that are like often less serious than what he's accused of. Right. Right. This idea of like boys, th- of, that was to me yeah. the like the boys will be boys. Like only only a certain class of men get that kind of indulgence. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Others are sort of branded men at 14 or 15. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And held responsible for the rest of their lives. But the other thing is that it's not just what he did all those years ago, because if because if it's true, he's he's lying now. He's mm-hmm. like revictimizing her now. He's mm-hmm. kind of putting her through this really grotesque process, and he's lying to all of us, right? If if what she's saying is true, then he's kind of getting away with it again as he prepares to like literally sit in judgment of all of us. Mm-hmm. The, a lot of I feel like a lot of the talk has been what could he have done, what should he have done, what were the, what are in the intervening years, what might have a man of good character have done leaving out that we don't know what happened, but we certainly know she has this particular testimony and this experience. And when it came to his attention, what could he have done to that end? Caitlin Flanagan wrote what I thought was actually pretty extraordinary piece about, I don't know if you read it, Mm -hmm. but yeah, about an assailant when she was a teenager who went on to apologize to her like quite explicitly and, and semi-publicly in the form of a yearbook inscription and then what he approached her years later to reaffirm that he had made a mistake, she didn't deserve it, uh, confirm that that experience had actually happened. I mean, this isn't, it isn't total rocket science. Like, sex is confusing, but like, when you cross a line, you probably know it, own it, take responsibility for it, try to make amends for it. Well, and I would say, I mean, it's funny. I've seen some pushback to Caitlin Flanagan's essay from people saying the standard for judging Kavanaugh can't be like something similar happened to me. And I think Uh that on the one hand, I understand that. But on the other hand, I think that there's a reason why people have, why women have an intuition about this case. And it's because it seems so familiar to a lot of us, right? I mean, it just seems, and unlike the, the, say, the, Duke lacrosse case or the mm-hmm. Virginia um, yeah de- uh, gang rape the Virginia um, gang rape which was very libel, which was lurid and extreme and sort yeah. of hard to and you know kind of caught people's attention for that reason because yeah. it was so outside of yeah outside of the norm right this is just like so familiar that it seemed that it seems just like I think inherently plausible to a lot of us and so then the question is you know if it, I, I I kind of think he probably could have gotten away with it. If he had just said something like, 
you know, I have only the f- the foggiest memories of what happened when I was 17. Mm-hmm. But, but if I ever did anything to make somebody feel like threatened or unsafe or humiliated, I'm so sorry. I mean, I um sometimes I think like imagine that it's a different crime. Like imagine if you accidentally years ago or someone said you hit me with your car and I broke my hip and here's the hospital record and here's one witness. Is there any grounds where you talk about intention? Like I was late, I was late for work and I was driving fast and I didn't notice. And like, why are you in your experience if it was, if something other than rape and it's makes me, it makes me, it makes the person look much, much, much guiltier. Let's say he doesn't remember it at all. And he was in the habit of like rough, coercive seduction. Then what if he's just reminded of something that happened a long time ago when he had different sexual habits and, you know, was a more brutal testosterone person? Why can't he just be like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Like, I was such a horrible person then. And I'm so glad you brought this to my attention. Like, well, why I can guess, that I mean, never happen? Well, is it because he's Brett Kavanaugh up for the Supreme Court? But wh- but why doesn't why don't some I of mean, these other guys say it? So, well, I think he's not going to say it. For I mean, I feel like if he was the kind of person who said it, then he wouldn't be the kind of person that like you and I maybe suspect that he that he is. Right. Um, right. And I think it. I actually think it's probably possible that he doesn't remember it. Um, right. Yeah. And, sure. And it that could go a couple different ways. Right. That. It could be because he's innocent. It could be because this wasn't that exceptional of a night, which is, you know, right. It was a huge deal to her. It was this like pivotal moment. Right. If for him, it was just another Saturday. Right. um, You know, in some ways, that's even more damning. Right. But uh, but anyway, the reason I think the the Caitlin Flanagan point lands with me is that because you have people on the right saying and some people even sort of centrist saying what you did at 17 shouldn't um, shouldn't bind you now discussing the intervening years is what we have and also his behavior now. So like, I also think I want to think of the Me Too accusers more as whistleblowers than as, because they're talking about a whole system, a system, Georgetown prep, a system of like promotion and protection that is the secular world's answer to the, to the priest, to the Catholic church of people who move him around and, and they, you know, they're all members of the Republican Party. Mark Judge, the, you know, the other witness there is even to the right of Kavanaugh. It was written ridiculous things about, you know, he's like the voice, one of the voices of Latter-day misogyny. And I mean, I don't know, some of these women, certainly a Rose McGowan figure, are more like Aaron Brockovich types or Jeffrey Wigand types than they are like someone sniveling about their own experience and you have to honor my experience and whatever. Like somehow I don't like all the condolences around it. I like more or I want to understand more how this is a battle in professional space. Well, no, I think that that's I mean, one of the things that's been I mean, maybe I do it on some level, but it's been sort of revealed and in some way radicalizing is just that. Yeah, like you see the kind of very starkly the like system that produces our um that it, that produces our leaders and their kind of sense of impunity, right? I mean, it's yeah. fascinating that it's not. It's not even just Kavanaugh who went to this particular high school. Yeah, right. Gorsuch went to the same high school. Right. You know, and so you look at this high school where it's like the children of the elite go mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and sort of marinate in their own privilege and connections. Yeah, and you know, again, develop this sense of entitlement to power, understanding of how the paths to power work. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then you see it you, and then you see like the 
the vicious yearbook quotes from a Mark Judge, you know, women should, some women should be struck regularly like gongs. And you just think like, yes, this is where our terrible, corrupt elite comes from. And then what about, what about, I mean, we're days after this, but it's still stunning. What about the 65 women who testified to Brett Kavanaugh's character? So just even having at hand that you could go back to your Georgetown prep single sex days and that even just having that as a setting to think, well, I'll just find people from my camp, my boarding school, you know, my cotillions, my insert thing that rich people do here, my yachting club or whatever. Thorsten, Thurston Howell the third thing is in my parody. Um, and I'll get them to say, you know, he was a great guy or whatever. That's just that's not a setting many of us have. It's just not something that you go to. Like you're accused of a crime, right? Just to suddenly be like, I'll find people from that period who are women. Because, like, women would know if he's a rapist or not. And then have them sign this bizarro document, let alone the timing on the document, and think that that exonerates him. And then it looks like, I mean, the women won't, what, say, so very few of the women will agree to discuss the document again. Right, because they someone just came to them apparently and said, will you sign a document about what a great guy Kavanaugh was, right? right? Not like, will you sign a document about how there's no way Kavanaugh could have been an attempted rapist, which is a different thing. Yeah. And I mean, to me, the most suspicious thing is that they had that thing. I don't know. I mean, maybe I've, I've seen this dismissed as conspiratorial and people say it came together very quickly. And apparently, you know, I'm sure that that could happen with social media, but it seemed to come together really quickly and again maybe i just don't understand that social world like i couldn't find 65 people that i knew at boys school as a teenager like they boy he was at a boys school i mean it is but but i want to talk about if he does get confirmed why you and your piece suggest that might not be such a bad thing for the wider questions okay the wider problems so i don't want to i don't want to sugarcoat this i mean i do think it's a it's a bad thing right it's an extremely bad thing but i think that it's compared to what because i assume that if he doesn't get confirmed, they will cram through somebody else before January, even if Democrats take take the Senate, Senate, which is pretty unlikely. But even if they do, they're going to have this lame duck session. I can't imagine that they let these three months go to waste. I just can't conceive of a situation in which they do that. So they cram somebody else through, you know, somebody like Amy Coney Barrett, who is in some ways more conservative than Kavanaugh, particularly on social issues, although he's really conservative, um, Mm -hmm. but who puts a sort of softer, feminine, motherly face on what they're about to do to us. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. so to me, it's not that I think that there's like a silver lining. I think that it's going to be really, really bad, whoever's on there. But I do think that, you know, I'd almost rather lose Roe, if we're going to lose Roe versus Wade and we're going to have, you know, state mandated forced birth in this country Mm -hmm. i would rather have it come from just like be obvious about the like brute imposition of patriarchy you know i would rather have it obvious that it is the grab him by the pussy president Mm -hmm. gets to ram through the attempted the accused attempted rapist with the help of his all-male senate judiciary committee and this is what they are going to do to us right 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 (laughs) sounds like a lot of fun you're right it's very liberating <laughs> um i am um, but i mean that the like the lesson of this period has definitely been what is it to have exterminationist misogyny and racism made manifest like right and who are yeah i mean basically like yeah it becomes clear like okay they really are who we 
in our worst in our worst moments thought they were. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and so that in some ways is easier to deal with than this like faux concern mm -hmm. with women and children. Right. Yeah. That it's really just nope. Grab them by the pussy. Um, so since you wrote your piece, somewhat to my frustration, not that it matters, but Blasey Ford has equivocated a little on whether she's going to testify on Monday or whether she wants an FBI investigation to precede that testimony if she gives it. And also she's a little bit disappeared, right? Like she's been in and out and we don't know where her lawyer is. And there's a question that she might be, I mean, she might feel genuinely in danger or she's certainly being harassed or this is very costly to her financially and emotionally and to her reputation. What um, what do you think is going to happen? So I have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, I think that she was sort of allowed her or her lawyer maybe allowed her to be maneuvered into a bad political situation in which they sort of invited her to testify, assuming that she wouldn't. Mm -hmm. The lawyer says, no, she will testify. And then Chuck Grassley says, OK, we scheduled it for Monday. Maybe she'll be there. And it's sort of she's given this basically ultimatum, mm -hmm, right? Like mm -hmm. either testify under these conditions with just these two, with just you and him, right? Mm -hmm, so they're not mm -hmm. going to subpoena Mark Judge. They're not going to do any sort of other additional thorough fact finding. You know, so it's this like process that's totally stacked against her and, you know, either agree to it or else just kind of show that this has never been, that you've never been acting in mm -hmm. good faith. And, and Trump has piled on to that right. measure with Grassley by saying, I want to hear her as if it's like... I want I believe women. Kind and of so I think, you know, she it's totally legitimate for her to feel sandbagged. I mean, that's what's mm -hmm. happened at the same time. I really hope that as unfair as the process is that 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 if they do go through with the hearing, she does show up, um, you know, because otherwise I think that they will just declare victory and push him through and so, i mean basically i feel like she's being asked to make a pretty profound sacrifice for her country and you know and so it's hard to say that she should do that or that we have any right to ask her to do that but i i hope she does it um one last question even though that's a great place to end it's collins and murkowski like where do you think the would-be swing voters who happen to be women um are leaning like how are they affected by blazy ford I mean, my assumption has always been that they want to vote for him and just like don't want and are kind of resistant to anything that's going to make that politically difficult for them to do that and still maintain their mm -hmm. reputation for some degree of independence. Mm -hmm. Right. So they sort of have to make a show of reconsidering and taking her seriously. But, I, you know, I basically think that they at the end of the day, something extraordinary would have to happen to um, for them not to fall in line. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll see if something extraordinary has happened. Um, and thank you so much for being here, oh, Michelle. Thanks so much. And that's it for today's show. Before we take off, I want to quickly plug our live show that's happening next week in Austin, Texas. It's on Saturday, September 29th at the Capitol Factory, where we'll be for cocktail hour as well. So come hang with us. Tickets are on sale at slate.com slash live. Again, that is slate.com slash live. Trumpcast is produced by Jason DeLeon. Thanks again to Kate James and Asher Perlman. And I'm Virginia Heffernan. Thanks for listening to Trumpcast. 